When the enemies with enemy picture me, my identities when they're checking my pedigree. This is my autobiography, more than a philosophy. Life is living, and I gotta be driven, given my history, rising above the odds of world war. You, world war, it's up, world war, it's you. I think we're fighting ourselves, world war, world war, it's you, world war, it's up. I think I'm fighting myself. What's going on, guys? Welcome to another edition of the World War You podcast with your host, as always, Mansfield. Just want to say thank you guys for working with us weekly, and we really, really appreciate what you do and the comments. We love it when you engage with us as well. And if you're new to this podcast, please hit the subscribe button wherever you listen to your podcast from. Is it Apple Music, Spotify, whichever platform that you listen? on please hit that subscribe button and please share this link with anyone you think might find it interesting now in today's topic i want to talk about you know the concept of you can have your cake and eat it as well and um, i was just reading some uh, note uh, so it was an article actually online about a guy called Mohammed el arian and this guy was like super super rich and um what then happened is he decided to quit his job as a CEO of a $2 trillion bond fund called PIMCO. And his salary was about $100 million US dollars a year. That's how much he was making per year. But he unexpectedly resigned. And the reason behind his resignation was he wanted to spend more time with his 10-year-old daughter. Now, just reading this thing um, got me to realize, especially looking at the comments on that article, that, you know, in this day and age, a decision like this is a big deal in our society. You know, it's, it totally goes against the cultural grain of the, you know, make billions or die trying, you know, be successful, be the OG, be the top G. You need to be this kind of person. It really goes against that because it challenges what we are currently believing to be the current norm. So undoubtedly, this article on Muhammad has been making the usual rounds on social media and it's being shared and talked about almost everywhere. But as I read the story, there's a few things that stood out to me, right? And... The one thing that I questioned was, why would anyone in their right mind quit a job that pays them over $100 million a year? And from diving down into the story, so apparently this decision came after he got into a fight with his daughter. And it was your usual, you know, go brush your teeth type of conversation. And she refused. And being a dad or being a parent... He pulled the classic, I'm your father and you're going to do as I say. To which the daughter then said, no, I'm not going to do what you say. So apparently, she then retreated to her room, came back with uh, 21 important things or 21 important moments of her life that her father had missed because of work. Right. So this included, you know, birthdays, school performances, sports, all these other things that, you know, he had missed because of his work. And when he was handed this, the daughter then said to her, this is why I'm not going to listen to everything that you say, because when I want you to be there for me, 
you are not there. And this is when like the, you know, the light bulb moment happened for Muhammad. And he said, so pretty much I've missed this bit. And it was only 22 moments. But to him, it hit home because he was looking at something that he could not replace or buy. He was looking at something that he could not replace or buy. He was a millionaire, probably still is. But the time that he had lost with his daughter, he could not bring back. So if you've ever taken an economics class, one of the first things that you learn is a concept called opportunity cost, which is an idea that can be often illustrated by, you know, You've heard statements like, there is no such thing as a free lunch. That basically sums up what opportunity cost is. So opportunity cost means that essentially everything you do, no matter what it is, is going to cost you something. It could be indirectly, but the fact is it's going to cost you something. A classic example is when you know you someone takes you out for a free lunch, right? Despite gaining the value of the lunch during that hour or however long that is, you are still giving up all of your other productive activities you could have potentially done in that hour. You've given up all other productive activities that you could have been doing in that hour for that free lunch. So you've actually taken time in some instances, you've taken money away from you in order to eat a burger and chips and a Coke. So in essence, there are things that we go to or the things that we do that seemingly do not have an effect on our lives, but you are giving up an hour of work. You're giving up an extra hour of sleep. You are giving up an extra hour of sales calls something that could be making you money. Or in the case of Muhammad, an extra hour with his 10-year-old daughter. So in our culture, we regularly celebrate people who become rich by doing exceptional things. But the nature of those exceptional things often requires extremely high opportunity costs. Bill Gates used to famously sleep in his office five days a week and this cost his relationships. He remained single well into his 30s, and now he is divorced. Steve Jobs was the same thing. Steve Jobs was a deadbeat father for his first daughter. So there's certain things that you do or you say you're sacrificing for, but the question is, is the sacrifice enough? Are you really sacrificing for those people or you are sacrificing those people? So the point here is that doing anything truly great requires some sort of inherent sacrifice. That may or may not be immediately obvious. If you miss a series of your daughter's birthday, you have practically missed a bit of their life. And those are things that you cannot go get back. Those are moments that you will never retrieve. But also we have a problem. 
modern society multiplies our opportunities. And that said, that then means that modern society also multiplies our opportunity costs. This then in turn makes it costlier, if that's a word, and more difficult to commit all of our time and energy to one thing without feeling some form of remorse or regret. And this is where the concept of FOMO comes in. FOMO pretty much is a colloquial term that means fear of missing out. Where we live a life that is constantly pelted with reminders of everything we are unable to become. That's what your social media does. You're seeing billionaires, you're seeing millionaires, you're seeing these skinny um, green water drinking babes. And it's practically just reminding you of the things that you are unable to become. And I would like to believe that, I mean, 200 years ago, people didn't have this problem. If you were born a farmer or into a farming family, you likely didn't have more opportunities beyond farming. And more likely, you were not even aware of opportunities beyond farming. Therefore, devoting everything in your life to become an expert farmer involved next to no opportunity cost, and there was no formal attached to it. There was nothing to actually miss out on. Because farming is all you knew. But in a bizarre and a backward way, people back then or people back in the day, I believe could have it all. Because they had it all simply for the fact that there was nothing else for them to have. See, when I started Team Know Your Purpose, many people loved and shared the idea. I was the cool kid for a while. I mean, that's it. But this whole business of life purpose didn't even exist until a few decades ago. As a question, it didn't make sense. There was no reason to motivate or inspire people because people knew what they wanted to do with their lives. But now we are at a time where there is so much information and there's so much happening around us. We require people to actually help us to focus and to zone in and to lock in. So I believe that what changed is not our inability to manage our time or balance our lives between work and play. What changed is that we have more opportunities for both work and play than ever before. We have more interests. We have more awareness of every potential experience we are passing up. In short, our opportunity cost has risen. And because of social media, we are made aware of this every single day. If you are in Zimbabwe, America is only a click away. Wherever you are in the world, we're like, we're this global village. Like you can live stream the Grammy Awards as if you are actually there, yet you are thousands and thousands of miles away. And because of that, you are exposed to things that are necessarily not in your environment or your geographical location, but you are exposed to that. And there's an anxiety attached with that. That's where the formal kicks in. Beyonce is uh, dressed up in this kind of dress or Jay-Z is wearing this kind of shoe. Why can't I have that same kind of shoe? So how do we then respond to this new and overly connected culture? How do we manage our formal? 
the answer that you will find in most bookstores or you know TED talks or wherever in seminars is a certain variation of learn to do more with less or you're going to be told to practice time management or you're going to need to forego certain things for you to you know sacrifice a few things or sacrifice your now for later See, going back to that Muhammad story, he stated in, a fa- in the Facebook article that I was reading that he spent years justifying missing his daughter's birthday to himself. And rightfully so, he told himself he was busy at work and his job was too demanding. His travel schedule was insane. And this is the typical wake-life balance. War is me complaint that we always hear. I have all these things I want to do, but I don't have enough time. But what if the answer isn't to do more? What if the answer is to want less? I'm going to repeat that. What if the solution isn't to do more? What if the solution is to want less? And just simply accepting our bounded potential. Maybe it's as simple as stating, you know, this is what I choose to value more than everything else. And then you live with it. So if it's, I value my family, no matter you put a million dollar contract in front of me, family is going to come first. I'm not going to bend my back or break my back to please you at the expense of my family because that is a boundary. That's a value. That's, you know, something that I cannot change or I cannot stop or I cannot compromise on. Because when we attempt to do everything or, you know, to tick up every of life's checklists and to have it all, we are essentially attempting to live a valueless life, a life where everything is equally gained and nothing is lost. But what I want to leave with you is that when everything is necessary and desired equally, Nothing is necessary or desired at all. I'll repeat that again. When everything is necessary and desired equally, then nothing is necessary or desired at all. You cannot have your cake and eat it. There is, there is no place in the world that allows for that without you hurting yourself or hurting the environment around you or the people around you. There is no such thing as a work life balance because everything worth fighting for and balances your life everything that is worth fighting for will unbalance your life so it's now an issue of are you going to choose more or are you going to choose less so that you can pretty much protect your sanity that is all i wanted to share with you guys hope this helps someone and as always Hope you and yours are safe and we'll catch you again next week. World War Who, you, World War Who, it's up, World War Who, it's you, I think we're fighting ourselves. World War Who, uh. World War Who, it's you, World War Who, it's up, I think I'm fighting myself.